guys. All right. Hey, good morning. Everybody good? Everybody good? Good morning. It's good to see you. Awesome. Um, give it up for Ricky Steele, everybody. So Ricky uh, loves when I do that, things like that. Uh, helps you, helps you. And uh, hey, I want to um, uh, I want to tell you a story. Uh, I want to tell you a story this morning. Um, uh, today, uh, today our church turns five years old. Woo! And um, I don't know if you can see this or not. You might have to bring the lights down or whatever. I don't think it didn't show up good, but I wanted to show it to you anyway. This is a picture that somebody I have no idea who it was. Uh, somebody took this at our uh, very first service here in the forum, and might need to turn those lights off and everything that are aiming at me. I don't know if you can even see the people there. We had maybe 90 people there. Uh, you can hardly see, but they were all sitting in this middle section. And uh, so there's that. So just barely 90 people uh, on the last Sunday of September in 2011. And uh, I don't know what we have today, but last week we had over 400 people here. And so that's a big deal that God has done. And um, so I just want to show you that. Um, you can go back to the title slide there, but I want to tell you a story. Um, I, I, lo- I, I talk about running all the time. I love to run, and um, when, we, when we moved back here, I grew up here. My family, we're all from here, um, and uh, when, we, when we moved back here a little over five years ago to start Summit, uh, I run all the time at Perry County Park, and um, so one day I was running. We, had, we hadn't lived back here for a couple of weeks, and I was running past Perry Central, and I don't know why I prayed this, but I just I tell you the story as an encouragement. Hey, listen, pray big prayers because God can take your big prayers and actually make them bigger because he's like that. And um, so I was just running by Perry Central, and uh, we, we hadn't even had a church service yet. And I was just running by Perry Central. And I don't know where. I don't know why I prayed. And I just said, God, would you do something in the church that we're going to start? And would you do something that's so big at year five we'd have to be in this gym? And, uh, and I've prayed that every time I run by Perry Central, every time I run in that park. And uh, earlier this year, earlier this year, uh, Jody uh, Maggard, I started, I, earlier this year I shared with you guys just how God laid it on my heart, you know, I want you to start praying for revival every single day. And so we've been praying for that. And then Jody from Happy Free Will uh, and Creighton, we went uh, to eat here uh, at Jabbo's, I believe that it was. And he said, hey man, I think I've got a vision that God wants us to do something. And so Come Alive was born out of that, Come Alive, this just initiative to bring all kinds of churches together because we believe at the end of the day it's not about a specific church. It's about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has different expressions through those local churches, but we believe that if God's people would unite, we would make a bigger difference than one church would on its own. And, and, so, and so we were... We started to plan it out, and, and we planned it out, and the original plan for Come Alive was, all right, everything that weekend will be at Perry Central's gym, and we said, well, when are we going to do it? And the original plan was, let's do it the last weekend of September, which would have been today, and then we had to move it because some of the key players in Come Alive couldn't uh, be a part of it uh, on that weekend, and then all of a sudden, God just gave us a bigger vision. We said, you know what? East Perry's football field will hold 5,000 people. Let's see if we can pack that football field out. And so, so I just tell you that story because God took a prayer. I said, God, would you do something in our church that's so big that maybe at year five we'd have to be in this gym? And God is answering that prayer because next weekend, so one weekend off, God is saying, here, I'll trump that. And I'll actually, that was not an endorsement for a candidate. That just came out. Um, Mark said Trump. Woo! Um, and so, Sorry. Sorry. Um, 
but, but I just say that because God can take your big prayers and say, you know what, I can do one better than that, and I'll actually bring all the churches together, and we'll have it at a football field one weekend off just to show that I'm God. And so God answered that prayer. I was running a couple of weeks ago, and I just started laughing out loud. People that saw me probably thought I was insane because I was laughing. Nobody was around. But I just started laughing because God answers that prayer. God is going to answer that prayer, that here we are, year five as a church. We celebrate it today. But something bigger than just our church being together, God is bringing the church together next weekend to try to do something that's never happened before. And so, so I just want to um, walk you through this coming weekend with Come Alive before we jump into the sermon today. So if you are new, what Come Alive is, if you've never heard of it, Come Alive is next weekend, Friday through Saturday, and it is, a, it is an effort from all, right now, I, I know we've got at least, I think, over 25, maybe 30 churches that have come together and say, we are in with Come Alive. And so, uh, so all of these churches are coming together for this weekend coming up. And so here's what that weekend looks like. September 30th, that is this Friday night. This Friday night at 7 o'clock, we are going to have a prayer event at, East, at Perry Central's gym. So at 7 o'clock at Perry Central's gym, we are having a prayer event. Say, Mark, what are we going to do there? Who's playing music? Who's going to speak? Nobody. We are praying. That is exactly what we are doing this Friday at 7 o'clock. I'm going to come back to that, but we're praying Friday night at 7, okay? I'm going to come back to that. Um, Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, we wanted all the churches to come together and just serve our city in some tangible way. And so we're going to meet at Liberty Street Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for a couple of hours. They've got a basketball uh, goal and court that needs to be renovated. We're going to fix their basketball courts, put up all kinds of new, all new backboards and do all kinds of things there at Liberty Street. We just picked one location for the church to come to. We'll be there probably for about two hours, I would say. But it's this Saturday at 9 o'clock. And then next Sunday, October the 2nd, at 11 o'clock, we will not be here. Do not come to the forum next week. We will be at East Perry's football field at 11 o'clock for church. We are having church at that football field, and the purpose of that service is that it is a strictly evangelistic service, and we are praying that people would meet Jesus for the very first time. Stephen Bell's band that plays here all the time, the one in the mini, they're leading us in worship, and we're bringing in a speaker. His name's David Nasser. He speaks to over half a million people a year. I've been to a lot of events that he uh, speaks at. God just, God just uses this guy in an awesome way, and so he is going to be our speaker next Sunday morning. Now, let me do a couple of different things. If it rains, people have asked me, what's the backup plan? The backup plan is, the backup plan, rather, is Perry Central's gym if it rains. We've got that gym all weekend long. We will not wait till Sunday morning to change plans. Right now, the forecast, we looked this morning, it looks great, but we will make the decision several days out to get the word out if we need to change plans. It will be Sunday morning at 11 at Perry Central's gym if it rains. Right now, the weather looks perfect, though, and we're set for next Sunday morning at uh, East Perry. If you want to help with the event, we do need help. I am over the follow-up team. If you want to be a part of the follow-up team, that's actually counseling people when they make decisions. If you want to be a part of that, I need you to tell me because we have some training. It's actually a video that we've put together, and I, I, we need you to watch it, okay? But if you just want to help in general, not specifically with follow-up, just anything, everybody that wants to help be at East Perry's football field next Sunday morning at 9.30, okay? That's for parking, greeters, absolutely anything. Next Sunday morning at 9.30. Also, let me say this really quick. If you have, if your family has a golf cart, if you've got like a, a rhino or some kind of thing, you know, some kind of ATV type thing where you can transport maybe three or four, four or five people in it and you would not care to bring it to use to get people, say from 80 to East Perry's football field, 
I would love for you to let me know. You can let me know today after church, or you can send me a message on Facebook, contact us through email or whatever. But if you have something like that, and you would not care to bring it next Sunday, and your job is just going to be, you're just going to drive people, transport from their car to the football field, I would love to talk to you. We're trying to get as many people like that from all the churches as possible, just to help get people uh, who might have to park really far away to the event itself, okay? Now, let me back up and say something about Friday night. Here's what I think most people, here's what I think most people will do. I think most people will look at that weekend and they'll rank it. So Sunday morning, bro, we definitely want to be, that's the granddaddy. That's the big deal. We want to be at Sunday morning. Serving sounds good. Prayer, I'm probably not going to go to that. And that is exactly why we need to do this event. That the people of God would hear about a prayer event and say, you know what, I'll skip that, but I'll come to church. Because if you think that the answer to this region's problems is simply that more industry would come, then you need to read the Bible and see how God has historically dealt with issues. Yes, industry needs to come, but a real movement of God begins with prayer. And so if you look at prayer, this is not even the sermon. This is free because I'm a nice guy. If you look at prayer and you're like, ah, you know what, we don't really need to do that, that is exactly why we need God to move in our churches. Because nothing will happen next Sunday morning if we do not pray. I can guarantee you that. And we might might have a good time, and we might have some impressive numbers, but nothing that will truly matter will happen if God's people don't seek God in prayer. So I want to challenge you to be there Friday night at 7. See, I had something to do. Okay, well, can you cancel it? Well, we were going to hang out with friends. Well, can you bring them? Uh, I I, want to challenge, I'm serious, I want to challenge, bring your kids, okay? I want to challenge you to be there Friday night at 7, Perry Central's gym. This is a massive deal, okay? This is a massive deal. Uh, and I just can't, man, I can't wait to see what God does this weekend, but we're all in on it. Our church is all in. So many other churches are all in, so we're excited to see what God's going to do, all right? Hey, I want to pray right now for Come Alive. I'm going to pray for our morning here together for the next couple of minutes, okay? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, right now, we just come to you, and, and we ask you to do it. Come Alive, what only you can. This is, all of these churches coming together is proof that you are in it. And that, that so many churches would say, you know what, we will actually cancel our own services so that we can come together for this. That just shows that you are in it. And God, I pray that you would do more this coming weekend than we could ever ask or imagine. I pray that you would show up and show off in a way that only you could get glory for, only you could get credit for. Let, let us look back next Monday morning at the weekend and say, God did it. We, we didn't plan it. We didn't produce it. We didn't manufacture it. Our community, Father, needs revival. Our community is in desperate need for a move of God. Hope is only in Jesus Christ. And so, God, come alive is not the revival, but it could be a start of something. So, God, would you do that? Would you, would you let something start? this coming weekend, and then let it spread to all of our churches and let it trickle down into this community, and God, that, that this community would be radically changed, that years from now, they would look back and say, what happened in eastern Kentucky? I'll tell you what happened. The church came together, and when the church sought God together and we came together, God moved. God, let that be the story that glorifies you. And God, I pray you'd open up our eyes to see you today in our time together in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Hey, we're actually going to take the offering up at the main end of the service today. And uh, Mary talked about you guys returning in your cards. And so uh, we've got a great gift for all of our first-time guests. I'd love to meet you at First Step for about five minutes if you're a returning guest. But uh, at the end of the service, we're going to receive our offering. And any way we can pray for you, anything God does, put it on that card. And when you give today, you can put it in those baskets. All right. So here we are. We are thinking about, I'm thinking about, and we're talking about uh, a little bit today, our church's five-year anniversary, celebrating five years of God's goodness, God's faithfulness as a church. And I want to ask you a question today. What do you celebrate? What do you celebrate? What gets you pumped? What gets you fired up? What gets you excited? What gets you to the point where you want to call everybody over and fire up the grill and you're going to cook and you're going to have a feast and you are going to have a party? What makes you want to do that? Maybe, maybe the thing that you want to celebrate or that you are celebrating recently, maybe you celebrate the fact you've graduated. I mean, nobody else thought you were going to graduate. It took you like years and like everybody had given up and, we, and they've all been talking behind your back, but you did it. You graduated and you are fired up and you're celebrating. Or maybe you celebrate the fact you've, got, you, you've had kids. Or maybe you're celebrating the fact your kids moved out. Hallelujah. Glory. Nobody's saying it, but there's some parents in the crowd that just looked at each other and went, yes. Right? Um, hey, maybe you're, maybe you're celebrating the fact you got into that school. Maybe you're celebrating the fact that your, your company hit all of its quarterly goals. Uh, I don't know what you're celebrating, but what do you celebrate as a person? What do you celebrate as a family? What gets you pumped? What causes you to get excited? Because here's what I want to say to you today. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. This could change your view of God. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but did you know that God celebrates things? Did you know that? Maybe you thought that God was just in heaven and he was angry all the time and ready to take everybody out or or that heaven was this really, really somber and serious place and the only thing we know about heaven is that there's really serious, somber, chubby, naked baby angels floating on clouds eating cream cheese and all this stuff. But did you know that God is happy today? Did you know that God is pumped today? Did you know that God celebrates things? And so I want us to see it today. As we are wrapping up this series called One, I want us to see that our God is a God who celebrates certain things. And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Luke chapter 15. So Luke 15, and we're going to be in the first seven verses of Luke 15, but what we're doing here, if today's your first time, you're a guest, or whatever's got you here today, we are ending a series called One, and what we're doing in this series is we are discovering how God feels about people who are far from Him, how God feels about people who are lost and do not have a relationship with Him, and what we've discovered is that God has done everything He possibly could do for that one person, that God, just like the story we're about to read in just a moment of the shepherd who pursues the sheep, God loves people who are far from him. It doesn't matter where they've been or what they've done. Our Father has a heartbeat for people who are broken, hurting, messy, can't find purpose, can't find hope. Everything seems to be going well, but something seems to be missing. God is a God who loves the one. God is a God who does whatever it takes to pursue and to save the one. And so I hope you've got your Bibles open or maybe on your phone, your device. If you've got a copy of the Word of God, we're going to be in Luke 15 and we're going to read the first seven verses of Luke 15. Here we go. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him 
And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled. Your, your Bible might say they were complaining. They grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. They're ticked off that Jesus is hanging out with broken, messy people. They thought religious people shouldn't get around anybody like that. Why in the world is Jesus with them? So they're complaining. So Jesus tells them this parable. A parable is just a made-up story meant to teach a spiritual truth. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Verse 7 is where we're at today. Watch verse 7. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. See, this passage starts with complaining and it ends with celebrating. It starts with the Pharisees complaining, why is Jesus hanging out with these kind of people? But it ends with celebration because Jesus tells us that every single time a man or a woman, teenager, it doesn't matter, somebody comes to faith in Jesus, heaven throws a party. So it starts with complaining and it ends with celebration and that's on purpose. It's on purpose because Jesus is trying to show us a couple of things. One thing that Jesus is trying to show us that we need to notice is that Jesus wants us to see how far from God these religious people are. Let me say that one more time because that was really important. You can be very religious and still far from God. You can believe there is a God and not know God. You can believe that the Bible is a special book, maybe even that God wrote it. You can believe this book and not know the God that wrote it. You can come to church every single week and know the songs and get excited about this. You can love church and not know the Jesus who bought the church. See, there's a massive difference between religion and Christianity. Religion says that you and I work our way to God, and maybe that's what you're doing. Maybe that's what you're trying to do. So you woke up this morning, you said, well, you know what, I'll come to church because if I don't come to church, I feel really guilty because I don't go. And that guilt is probably God ready to take me out, so I don't want to feel bad, I'll come to church so God will be happy. That's religion. Or, or, you know what, here in just a moment when the offering baskets go around, I'll give, and the only reason that I'm going to give is because if I don't give, I feel bad, and I don't want to feel bad because the reason I feel bad probably means that God's disappointed in me. I want God to like me, so to get God to like me, I'll give. Or to get God to be happy with me, I'll read my Bible. To get God to love me, I'll go to church. I'll serve. I'll tell my friends about Jesus. I'll come to come alive next weekend, even though I hadn't planned on it. I'd actually plan on staying in my pajamas eating Cheetos all day because we were going to cancel church. But I don't want to feel bad that everybody else is going to be there and I'm not going to be there. So I'll go to make God happy. Do you get this? See, if you and I could buy God off, if you and I could do enough to get God to love us, to get God to like us, then Jesus didn't need to do a thing. But Jesus needed to do everything because you and I can't work our way to God at all. See, the motivation of religion is guilt. The motivation of religion is trying to get God in our corner because if I do the right things, then God owes me something. 
If I do the right things, then God has to keep my family healthy. If I do the right things, then God has to let me go to heaven. If I do the right things, then God has to do exactly what I want him to do. I am doing things for God so that I can get from God what I want. That's religion. The gospel is better than religion because the motivation of the gospel is not I'm going to buy God off. The motivation of the gospel is I am thankful for everything God has done that I do not deserve. Do you understand that? One is guilt trying to buy God off. The other one is thankfulness that says, Jesus, here's my life. You've paid it all. I'll give, you, I'll give my all to you. Do you see the difference? You can be real religious guys and not know God. But there's another thing that Jesus wants us to see here. They're complaining and it ends with celebrating. And Jesus purposely builds this story this way. Here they are, they're complaining about what God was doing. So they're complaining. Jesus says God is celebrating. And the whole thing that Jesus wants us to see, Jesus is really throwing the question back on them, saying, while you're complaining, God is celebrating. What is your problem? (laughs) What's your problem? While while God is moving, God's doing things in the world, and you're just going to watch it, and you're just going to complain about it, or or we hear the word of God, and it doesn't do anything to us, or we've been in church for so long, and we've seen people make so many decisions that we used to feel some things. There used to be some things go on inside of us, and now we're just numb. Jesus says, what's your problem? Because see, the problem is not with God, the problem is in my heart. Here's a great question that you can ask yourself just to kind of, as a spiritual gauge, as a checkup to where you are spiritually, ask yourself this question. Do I celebrate what God celebrates? Do I celebrate what God celebrates? Say, what does God celebrate? Well, at least in verse seven, three things. Probably more, but verse seven shows us three things that God celebrates. So I'm going to go through these three things really quickly. And and as we're going through these, I want you to ask yourself a question. Do I celebrate that? Do do I celebrate that? What happens if God gets pumped about that? What do I do? Three things that God celebrates. First thing that God celebrates is God celebrates people. God celebrates people. Listen to verse seven, just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over, watch this, one sinner. Over one lost sinner who repents. There is a party in heaven, literally a party. Every single time someone comes to faith in Jesus, every time a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, a teenager gives their life to Jesus, heaven goes nuts. It does. It celebrates every single time. I was thinking about that this week, and I was, I was thinking about that, and I was, I was thinking, you know what, if, if heaven... If heaven really celebrates every time somebody gets saved, then there must be a nonstop party in heaven. Like, heaven must be more Vegas than Vegas, but not Sin City Vegas, but clean Vegas. You know what I mean? Right? Like, it must be a nonstop party in heaven. And the reason I say that is because we're so, we are so guilty, aren't we, of just getting caught up in our own little world and we think about what's happening in the world that we see, the world that we see in our social media circles. Guys, our corner of the world is real small. When you think about what's happening all over the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the cause of Christ, when you think about what God might be doing in some corner of the world that you're not even aware exists right now, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, heaven must be a party. 
Listen, listen, listen. Do not believe the lie that says that the church is on its last leg, the church is not doing good in the world, that the church is dying, the church is fading away, the best days of the church are behind it. Do not believe that lie because Jesus said, I will build my church. Listen, God is at work. He is alive and well in the world today. I'll just give you an example. I'll just give you an example. I'll just give you an example. Africa. Africa. You, you, you are not going to hear, hear Donald and Hillary talk about this tomorrow night at the debate. All right? This is not going to be on the debate stage tomorrow night. But in Africa, watch this. In Africa, in the year 1900, only 9 million Christians were in Africa. Now there are more than 514 million Watch this. In the last 15 years in Africa, there has been a 51% increase. And missiologists, people who study missions, what God's doing around the world, missiologists work that out. Listen, listen, listen. That works out. 33,000 people a day in Africa are being saved. 33,000. That's just in Africa. You didn't know that, did you? You didn't know that. And heaven celebrates. Hey, did you know that heaven has thrown some parties this year because of what God's done this year in our church? Did you know that? Did you know that heaven has went nuts? There's been parties, probably even some angels with lampshades on their heads. Woo! Because of what God did in and through our church this year. This year, we launched Summit Whitesburg. We launched the campus of our church. Hey, hey, did you know right now while you're in here, right now while you're here, Summit Whitesburg, today, at this very moment, they are having their very first baptism Sunday. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome, man. And people are coming to Jesus People are getting safe. God is at work. Earlier this summer, our students, some of our students went to Cleveland. They helped plant a church. And at that that church, people are giving their lives to Jesus every single week. God is using them. We've seen people meet Jesus right here. We've seen people say yes to baptism and yes to following Jesus right here. There have been people changed for all of eternity right here in our church. I'll, I'll give you some examples here. This is just last Sunday. Right? This like, were you here last Sunday? You may here last Sunday. It was awesome to hear Amber's testimony and to see everybody get baptized. If you missed it, bro, listen, that's why you gotta come. But this was just last Sunday. Look at this. I love this. I love this picture. There's Connor and Tim in there. Tim's so tall the light can't even cover his head, dude. Golly. That's an awesome day. Teresa's probably behind there with a, tr- a tambourine. It's awesome. And I love this. I love days when we get to baptize whole families. Don't you? I love when we get a baptized whole family. It's Jonathan, his wife Tara, right there getting baptized together. And right there at the bottom is Katie, Tara's sister. And they're getting baptized together. That was just earlier this summer. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Praise God for that, man. Hey, I I went back through some photos uh, to find that picture I shared at first of the very first church service. Creighton doesn't even know I'm going to do this. Look at this picture from several years ago of me baptizing Creighton. It looks like I'm strangleholding him. Look at this next picture. I don't know what I'm doing to Creighton. Look at there. Look at there. I, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm covered. And he's holding my arm like, Jesus, I'm going to come and see you now. This, this preacher is going to come kill me. That was awesome. If you ever see that happen up here in the baptism tank, uh, I mean, I'm, you just need to come rescue that person. All right? It hurts to get baptized here at Summit. We mean it. And, but I just thought that was hilarious. It looks like I'm going to go down, Creighton. That's awesome, dude. Sorry. <laughs> but heaven celebrates that. Heaven celebrates changed lives. If I get, oh, well, it happens all the time. Problem is on my end. Hey, earlier this year, God gave Sarah Burton the vision to launch Second Chance Mission. 
And that opened earlier this year, and since it's opened, literally hundreds of people have found hope and help. They've been given food, clothing. God is using that to make a difference, right? A couple weeks ago, we did our first Compassion Sunday. Compassion International was out back with the Compassion Experience, and their mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. 75 kids were sponsored out of our church, and you guys stepped up and said, we'll sponsor those kids. 75 of you, I don't know, families or whoever, but you guys sponsored 75 kids. And listen, those are kids that are gonna be delivered from poverty, and I promise you, you may never meet them in this life, but you will meet them in heaven, and they're gonna hug you, and they're going to thank you for what you did. So God is, God is using it. God celebrates people. Let's bring this home. When you gave your life to Jesus, heaven threw a party for you. Right? I don't know what that looked like. Your name might have been on a cake and there might have been a banner. I don't know. But heaven threw a party for you. That's why today, if you are over your salvation, bro, you need to do a heart check because heaven still celebrates the fact that you were lost and you are found. Hey, I'll tell you something aside from this and then we'll move on to the next point. This, this is a picture of how secure your salvation is. If you've ever thought, oh my goodness, man, I, I need to do enough to make, God, make sure God loves me. I need to do enough to make sure that I'm saved and I don't lose my salvation. Listen, do you know why heaven celebrates every single time one lost sinner comes home? It's because heaven knows the truth of Philippians 1.6, that God finishes what he starts. There has never been a person in the history of civilization that heaven celebrated coming home and that person didn't make it. Every time heaven celebrates, God ultimately brings that person home and finishes what he started. He's going to do that in your life. He's going to do that in your life, right? So God celebrates people. Number two, second thing is God celebrates repentance. God celebrates repentance. There's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Repentance sounds like an odd thing to get pumped about, doesn't it? Why would you get excited about repentance? Repent, repentance, doesn't it just mean to say sorry for the bad stuff you did? No. No. Hey, if you, if you haven't listened to anything so far, and honestly, you don't plan to listen to anything else, would you listen to the next five minutes, please? All right. See, the reason that God celebrates repentance is because repentance, every time we repent, it's us turning from lesser joys to the true source of everlasting joy, Jesus. Every time we repent, it's you and I turning away from lesser joys to the true source of everlasting joy, who is Jesus. Now, let me, let me read you some verses here. Look at Jeremiah chapter 2, 12 through 13. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Let me ask you a question. What shocks you? Just takes your breath away when you see it and you can't even talk about it. What shocks you? Do you know what shocks God? It shocks God when the people of God who, who know him, it shocks God when we, his people, instead of going to him for life, instead of going to him for joy, we go to something else that he's created. We think we're going to find joy and purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction in something else other than him. 
We're celebrating five years as a church. I'll be gut honest with you. You have no idea how many times I've done this in the past five years. You have no idea how many times I've told myself or I've told my wife or I've told somebody else or mostly myself. Oh, if the church gets to this level, then I won't worry about it anymore. Or if the church gets to this level, then I feel like I'm a good pastor. Or if the church gets to this level, then I feel like I'm a secure leader. If the church gets to right here, then I'll be okay. And what's happened, what's happened every time I do that is instead of going to Jesus for my satisfaction, instead of going to Jesus for my acceptance, instead of building my identity on who I am in Jesus Christ, what I've done is I've said, Jesus, no thank you, but I'll work for you and try to build my identity and my security on what I do for you. Do you see this? The Bible calls it idolatry. Do you see this? Let let me ask you a question. Are you seeking life right now in anything other than God? Christians, are you seeking life in anything right now other than God? Could be a relationship. Could be with a relationship with your son, your daughter, your kids. You're living through them, their successes, their athletics, their grades, and all this stuff. Or maybe it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Oh, oh, well, I can't imagine life without them. I love them so much. I couldn't live. I couldn't breathe without you. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Are, are you doing that? Are you, are, you, are you trying to find life in a relationship with another human being? If so, prepare for disappointment. Because there isn't a human being alive that was created to sustain all of, the, all of the weight of your and I, our expectations and hopes and dreams. Only God can. Are you trying to build your life on stuff? Oh, well, if I, if I had that kind of house, I'd never worry about anything. If I had that kind of life, I would never worry about anything. Oh, well, if we lived in that kind of house, drove that kind of car, or if I made those kind of grades, I would never worry about anything. Once I get there, then I'll feel like a true human being. Once I get there, then I'll feel like I've arrived. I'll feel like I've made it once I get there. Funny thing is, people who are there right now feel the same thing you're thinking. They're thinking, you know what, if I can just get to there, then I'll feel secure. Why? It's because we are on this quest to find something that we can only find in God. And if you are trying to find it in stuff, things, money, prepare for disappointment. Prepare for it. Say, bro, I got a good plan. Bro, death will wreck your plan all day. Right? You can't take it with you. Prepare. Listen, listen. There is no thing and no person that has ever looked at you and said, I am the bread of life. He who eats of me will never be hungry again. No one has ever looked at you in minute who has said or can say, I am the well of living water. Whoever drinks of me will never be thirsty again. The only one who says that is Jesus because he is the only one who can back it up. So listen, if you or me, if we're trying to find life today in anything other than God, I'm talking to Christians right now. If we're trying to find life today in anything other than God, the solution is not to try harder. Solution is not to do better. Say, what is the solution? The solution is to repent and call it sin. Say, God, I'm sorry, and I'm done building my life on this when I was meant to build it on you. And every time we do that, we just come back, and we come back, and we come come back to drink from the well of living water that is Jesus. And every time we turn from lesser joy to the true source of everlasting joy, God celebrates. So number three, number three, and then we're done. God celebrates a full party. God celebrates a full party. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 
righteous persons who need no repentance. There were 99 there. Isn't that enough? Shepherd, there's 99 sheep. I mean, it's just a sheep. Can't you just let it go? You need all of them? Look at me, look at me. The answer is yes, God wants all of it. God will not rest until all of his children are home. Praise God that God is that good shepherd who pursues us even when we're not pursuing him. He is relentless in his love and he comes after us and God will not rest until all of his people are home. Summit, I want to say, I want to tell you today, I want to tell you today, there are people in this city who are far from God right now. Right now. There are still churches that need to be started. And as long as there are people far from God, there is work to do. Amen? Now, maybe you're here and you're thinking this, not for me. Work for you, bro. You're the preacher. That's what you're supposed to do. But not for me. My family's going to heaven and we come here every once in a while. The band's good. We like to hear you yell. But really, we're just thinking about Applebee's right now. So there's no work for me. And I just want to ask you a question that you might find deeply offensive, but Jesus said it first, so I feel like I'm in good company. And I just want to ask you today, what is your problem? If Jesus Christ walked out on stage today, and he's not about to, don't think, fifth year anniversary, Jesus! Don't think we're doing that. That would take the party to the next level. If Jesus Christ physically in all of his glory walked out on this stage today, a lot of things would happen. Man, there'd be so many things happen if Jesus Christ physically walked on this stage and did not hold himself back but manifested all his glory for every person in this room. Millions of things would happen to every single one of us. One of the first things that would happen is we would all fall on our face in worship. Every one of us. Say, bro, not me. You'd be the first one, sucker. You would be. A million things would happen if Jesus Christ walked on this stage right now. Do you know what would not happen? Man, I've read this book from cover to cover. And do you know what nobody does in the presence of God? Do you, know what, do you know what is never in the presence of Jesus? Indifference is never in the presence of God. Laziness is never in the presence of God. Because if you were to see him, if I were to see the one who literally gave everything he had for me, then my response would automatically be, here it is, take it all. Here's my life. Here's everything that I have. You are worthy of all of it. And so I just want to say to us today that if we, if we are reading the word of God, if we're hearing the word of God preached, if we're singing about the glory of this King Jesus who saved us, if we hear about this opportunity to be on his mission, if we hear God's call, don't drink from lesser fountains, drink from me, eat from me, you'll be satisfied in me. If we hear that, and inside of us there is nothing. The problem is not with God, the problem is with me. Oh, God's just not speaking to me. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But the problem is my heart is so somewhere else. And what's the solution? What do I do? I'll tell you exactly what you do. 
you do the thing that caused you to meet Jesus in the first place. We just talked about it. You repent. You repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I want to find life in you today. I don't think there's anything better we can do on our fifth year anniversary as a church than open up the front while the band comes and plays Come to the Altar. And for somebody in this room just to come up, and you don't have to talk to a soul, this is between you and God, but to actually get up out of your seat, come up here, get on your knees, and just to repent and say, God, I am sorry. You are worthy of it all. See, I used to be excited. I used to celebrate what God celebrates. I don't know where you went wrong. I don't know what happened, but you know, I do know the altar's open. I do know that Jesus is alive and he loves you and there's grace. And if you cry out to him, if you cry out for God, God, do it again in my life. God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. He might not do it today. And so you keep praying every single day. And I know, I know based on the authority of this word that one day your heart's gonna break open and God's gonna, God's gonna flood your soul with joy, but it won't start until you get broken and come up here and cry out to him. Or you get broken over the people that you know that are lost for that one person, or you get broken over what the possibility of what come alive could be, and so our band's gonna come right now. You guys come on out, and I want everybody to stand. Everybody, let's stand. After this, we're gonna receive our offering, and I just believe God's gonna do something, so don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, all right? But I just want to open up the front. This song is called Come to the Altar. And I just want to open it up to do that. That you can come, your family can come from the front to the back, oldest to the youngest. It is open because Jesus is alive and his grace and his mercy are so good. He will turn no one away who comes to him. If you need to come to him for life for the first time, then you can come up front and you can just simply pray, Jesus, save me. And he promises to do it today. He promises to do it today. So church, right now is our time to respond because when we have seen who he is, there is no choice but to respond in some way. And I pray that the response is, Jesus, here we are, take it on. So I just want to invite anyone that would, you come up here, I'm going to come down here and pray and you come and let's just worship God in this moment today and surrender our lives to him. Let's come to the front if you want to.
Fair. 
Man, I love just moments like that where we can just pause as a church and slow down and, and just to hear from people, just to open up their hearts and say, you know what, I, uh, I, I need God to do something fresh in my life again. I, I need to get back to where I used to be or how, whatever God might be doing in your life. You know, God is so big and great that just because this time might be over, it is not over. There is always, always opportunity to go to God. And so here's what we're going to do uh, right now. I want to pray for us. Dana's going to come up and share some things uh, with us before we dismiss you. But um, listen, anything that God did in your life today, that connection card that you got when you walked in, would you please let us know what God did in your life today? I, I know I, I talked to people up here today that said, you know what, Mark, I need to recommit my life to Jesus. I need to get my walk with God back on track. And, and if that's you, let us know on the back of that card. And we want to just rally around you and love and support you, okay? And anything that God did in your life today, whether you gave your life to Christ uh, let us know on the back of that card. But I'm going to pray for us, then we're going to sit down, and Dana's going to share something just real quick. Let's pray. Jesus, I praise you that you are life, and in you is life full, that, that you have not called us to try harder and to do better. You are not calling us to behavior modification. You have called us to life. You have called us to joy. Jesus, you sacrificed yourself so that we can have life and satisfaction and purpose and eternal life and salvation in your name. So God, I pray that that what we've done here today wouldn't just kind of end when the church service ends in just a minute, that it would follow us out. And Jesus, if you've truly done something, that's what will happen. There will be fruit from this. And so, God, I pray that, that for the person that maybe needs to give their life to you, that they would, or the person who feels far from you and they need to reconnect, that they would. God, whatever it might look like, what you've done here today, I pray that we would let somebody know, that we would respond with glad and open hearts. Jesus, we love you so much. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Some of us give God praise for today, man. This has been awesome. You guys go ahead and grab a seat. Dana's going to share something real quick. There's no, there's no escape in that light. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, my name is Dana Hall, and I am the Next Steps Coordinator here at Summit. And so usually I do the offering, but we're changing things up a little bit. So now is the time that we're going to do our offering today. So if our ushers will get into place, we might want to turn the lights up so that uh, so that everybody can see. And so while they're getting in place, I want to talk to you guys about what we call a connection card. So when you come in on Sundays, you're always given this card. And if it is your first time, uh, we have a free gift for you. So to get that free gift, we need you to fill out this card and take it to the welcome area that's to the right. And um, and Melanie works that table for us, and so she is going to give you a bag that's going to have a CD with some songs from the band and some candy and some other things. If today is your second time here with us, we have a free gift for you as well. And so you do the same thing. You fill out this card. You take it to that welcome area. And in that bag, you're going to have a gift certificate to Jabos for a pizza. And if you've not had their pizza, it's excellent. So you'll want to run out there and get that. But before you go out there and get that, I really encourage you to stick around up front here with Mark and take part of what we call First Steps with Mark. And for everybody else, you still get a connection card when you come in. And that's because this is a really, really good way to let us know about a next step that you might want to take. And everybody in here still has the next step. Maybe you've not been baptized yet and you need to take that next step. Maybe you want to serve. 
Um, but everybody has the next step. Maybe you don't know what your next step is. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, I'm not really sure what I want to do. Put that on this card and let me know because I would love to talk to you, to connect with you, and to uh, to help you figure out what that next step is. So um, so I just, I just want to get to know you guys a little bit better and help you in your walk. Um, so before, before we get ready to pray, I wanted to just say one thing and say how thankful that I am for everybody that gives. Whether it be here in this service, whether it be online, um, we're five years old today. And I have been blessed to have been here from the very beginning. I was one of those people that was sitting in that picture. My husband got saved here that day at that first service. And so um, if it wasn't for everybody that gave and does it with such a happy heart, then um, we wouldn't still be here. And I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but I really do love this church. And I really am um, thankful for all that God has done here. And I don't think that he's finished with us yet. I don't. So um, so when you guys give, that's what makes this happen. So um, I just wanted to tell you guys how thankful that I am for that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everyone that's here today. Thank you for everyone that's giving today, for, uh, for everyone that continues to give to this church. Uh, Lord, thank you for, um, for everyone being so faithful. Lord, thank you for all that you have done for us and through us in the last five years. And I pray that you continue to lead us, that, uh, that you guide us, and that, um, that you show us what you want us to do. And I pray that, that you will do things with this offering that we can't even imagine. Lord, I pray for Come Alive next weekend. Um, I pray for um, just amazing things to happen that can only be explained by you working through so many different churches coming together for, um, for the common good and for the one thing that we're all supposed to be working towards. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So next Sunday, we won't be here, so don't come here because that would be bad. You'd be having church by yourself. But so we are going to be at the football field next Sunday. But a few other things that I'm supposed to remind you guys about. The prayer event is Friday at 7 at Prairie Central's gym. Make sure that you're a part of that. Saturday at 9 o'clock at Liberty Street, we are going to be doing our, um, and we're apparently rocking out right now. (laughs) At 9 o'clock, we're going to be at Liberty Street, and we're going to be doing our serve project. And then on Sunday, we'll be Come Alive. If you want to help with that, if you want to serve then uh, be there by 9.30. I'll be there by 9.30. Um, I'm sure that some of our regular serve group for next week will be there at 9.30. Um, this has been an event that has been in the works for a while, and um, it's been a lot of work and a lot of planning, and, and a whole lot of prayers have went into this event. So, um, so I hope to see everybody that I see right now there, and I hope that you guys bring somebody with you. So uh, remember, next Sunday at Priest. Somebody left their keys up here. If you get out here, can't find your keys. It's not because I stole your keys. It's because we found your keys. If you don't claim them in an hour, I will steal your keys. So there's that. But anyhow, so next Sunday, not here at, uh, at East Prairie's football field. Bye, you guys.